Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is Previously Live. Okay, so a lot of people have seen a YouTube video which is about consent and tea. You've probably seen this. Tea and consent, actually, from the Thames Valley Police. I guess a police department YouTube account posted a video with 7 million views. Oh, no, hold on. It's actually from Blue Seat Studios for 10 million. Okay, it seems like a lot of people have made this video. The point of the video is trying to illustrate the complexities of sexual consent with an analogy with, like, tea. So, like, if a person passes out, don't, like, pour the tea down their throats. Right, you get it. Okay. Um, I feel like it's it's a fine video. Uh, however, I wanted to talk, I wanted to do a, what would you call it? Like a, a no bullshit video on, on consent, as I understand it. We're doing this open and live, so if I make a mistake, chat has uh, the right to roast me. I want to talk about this in a way I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to. Because, like, well, when people ask you about consent, they say consent is easy. And, I mean, yeah. Um, but it's also kind of complicated, right? You know? Because we know that saying yes means yes and no means no doesn't actually tell you that much, right? That's tautological. Everyone gets that. We also know for a fact, I mean, hey, if you've seen any of this Andrew Callahan business, that sometimes a yes does not actually mean yes. And, you know, this has happened at least once. Sometimes, and you're going to have to forgive me here, this is a no bullshit consent uh, video. Sometimes people will say no, but actually they're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of giving you a little rib, you know, they're like, no, you know, they're, they're giving you a little, little elbow in the side. You see what I mean? And the fact that that can happen often leads people to make really bad decisions. So let's talk about it. Okay. We're going to build it from the ground up. No, not a joke. This is real. And this is important. Okay. So the beginning of understanding consent. And I want to be clear, by the way, we're talking about this. This is an all skill level conversation. All right. We're covering this from the ground to the top. So, uh, no issues here. Uh, you know, you, you, you might be a virgin neat or a cool guy, or even a cool guy. Who's also a virgin neat. Uh, we're covering all bases. All right. So follow through with me here. The beginning of understanding consent, uh, is understanding and respecting very basic reads on people, you know? I feel like oftentimes people have a lot of trouble understanding whether or not the people they're engaging with even want to spend time with them. You know, that's kind of the root of it, right? I mean, that is kind of like the heart of consent in a way. It's like, is the person even consenting, actively participating in any kind of engagement with you? I've talked before about how one of the best ways you can assess whether the person you're engaging with wants to talk with you is by asking questions and giving them outs. That's the biggest one. And we're going to keep coming back to this over and over and over again. Um, when people have the option to do other things, it means that their choices are more sincere. If a person has no choice at all, uh, but to do the thing you kind of want them to do anyway, you won't actually know whether or not they want to do that thing, right? Uh, so a lighthearted example then with the um, imagined choice. 
let's say you're having a conversation with somebody at a social event, like a party, um, even the workplace, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and you're kind of really getting into it. You're really talking about your interest, which just for the sake of deviating from the topics we normally go to is football. You're really into football. I know for this chat, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a long shot, but just stick with me. Okay. You're in, you're into, you're into sports ball. Yeah, I know. No, no. Follow through. Follow through. I know. I know. You're all gay. You don't like those kinds of balls. I know. Um, but this, in this example, you are, you are that. Okay. You're, you're really talking it up. You're talking about throwing balls. You're talking about guys with broad shoulders. You're talking about, oh, you're having a great time. And you're talking to a cute waifish chick. Okay. Let's, uh, pixie hair, bob cut, uh, got some nice bangs, real cute, your type, all right? Now, here's the issue, okay? You are spaghettiing a little bit, you know? Like, you're talking about your interest, and you're not even being that uninteresting about it, but you're also kind of desperate to sort of, uh, propel yourself into the next interesting point. So you've been talking for a solid 55 seconds now. That is a long time to talk uninterrupted. Now, you don't know what's going on in the mind of that young woman, but you can make some inferences. The best way to know whether or not she's okay with continuing your conversation is to make her feel like there isn't a consequence to her backing out of it. See, what often happens is that because people are kind of awkward, like just in general, like all of us, you know, um, the woman might be thinking, wow, he's really into this convo. How do I break out of this without hurting his feelings? I don't want to hurt his feelings, you know? He seems nice. Uh, I'm not enjoying this conversation at all, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. So she'll just continue to stand there glassy-eyed and smile at you. Um, and in your head, you're thinking, I have no idea if she's enjoying this. I can't actually tell. And you, the naive fool you are, you, you pause for a second, take a deep breath, and then you go, yeah? And she, not wanting to hurt, hurt your feelings, says, yeah, yeah. And then you continue talking, uh, unaware of the fact that she is panicked, trying to not hurt your feelings, but she wants to get out of there. But you're thinking, oh, she said, yeah. So yeah, yeah. the problem here is that she thinks she can't break out of this without hurting your feelings. And you need to work on your conversational skills because you're not giving her an out. And I've said this before, there are so many ways that you can make sure the other person is interested in the convo, and the best way to do so is to make her feel like you could give or take continuing the conversation. Like, you're enjoying it, but hey, if you need to go, if you're busy, you need to do something, that's okay, I've got stuff to do as well. Um, something that I tend to do, like, all the time, you've seen me do it on stream a million times, is if I've been talking for any length of time, I will sometimes say, oh, but I'm rambling. You've seen me do that? I do that just while talking to people on stream. This isn't even like a flirt or friend thing. This is just, I just do that, you know? It's just a, it's a conversational habit that I've developed. And the reason for that is because depending on the way the person I'm talking to reacts to that, I get a lot of info on how they feel. And you've probably noticed that from my stream conversations as well. So for instance, if I say, oh, but I've been rambling, and the person I'm talking to goes, oh no, no you haven't then they're probably fine with continuing the conversation. I mean, they seem pretty enthusiastic about denouncing my assessment that I've been rambling. But if they respond with, oh, it's okay, 
a little more reserved, a bit more withdrawn, then I think, okay, maybe they're more interested in backing out. And then I can respond to that with, oh, well, hey, it's been a wonderful, you know, talk with you, or, you know, okay, I got to go do something. I hope you have a wonderful day, or blah, 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 blah. If a person is interested in talking with you, they tend to want to do it in the future too. I think it's okay to lean on the side of caution when it comes to not potentially overwhelming new people with information. Sometimes people are very direct when they don't want to talk with you. Sometimes people are a little bit more reserved and you need to put a bit of effort in to understanding how they really feel. You understand how this is important to consent, right? See, it's not just about the explicit yeses or the explicit noes. It's about being respectful enough of the person that you're engaging with to be able to bounce signals off of them, you know? Uh, like a bat screeching into a, you know, a cavern. You, you get the information as the sound reflects off the walls, right? You, you want to engage with them in a way where you get a read on them, but you don't want things to feel awkward by directly asking them, hey, are you enjoying the conversation? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not actually that bad to say that sometimes. Um, I don't actually think it's, um, I don't actually think it's always bad in a conversation to get like a very direct, um, hey, are you interested in this? Like if you're talking about a subject you're interested in and you can look at them and you can say, oh, do you like any of this stuff? Is, is this for you or? And then you tend to get a pretty straightforward answer. The key is just to always make them feel like they can always walk away, right? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's the ability to give others comfort. Because when they're comfortable, when they feel like they have options, the option they choose is the one they really want. They're not being pushed into anything. Whether they continue to talk to you, whether they decide that they don't want to anymore, whether they decide to switch the subject of conversation or whatever else, if they have options and they feel comfortable exercising them, the one they choose is an authentic representation of how they feel. So let's talk about sex, okay? So I'm going to, I hope we can skip the very, 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 very basics of sex and consent by saying stuff like, um, you know, if they tell you no, then you shouldn't have sex with them. I, I hope we can, let's, let's, let's build on this, okay? Let's, let's work on this, all right? So sex, when it comes to consent, works the exact same as what I just described with conversations, except the stakes are a lot higher with regards to their potential investment. So this is a, a personal preference of mine. Uh, not everyone feels this way, which is psychotic to me, but it's how I feel. For me, the biggest enjoyment with sex and anything involving other people in an intimacy is the knowledge that they, another conscious human being, are interested in doing it with me. Sex feels great, don't get me wrong. Blowjobs feel great. Oral, what a anal, whatever crazy, lots of crazy stuff, you know, feels great. However, the really cool part, in my mind, is the fact that there's like an interplay between willing participants. Uh, you know, for me, this is like a non-negotiable thing. Uh, I can't imagine enjoying sex if the person that I'm having sex with was not themselves enjoying it. I, at that point, I don't even know, like hypothetically, I, I don't even know what I would be, like that's like, I, I, I don't even know what's there, really. Um, obviously, this is a pretty non-negotiable point. Even if you're into like, say, rape role play, which is referred to as consensual non-consent, a terrible term, but nonetheless important to get down. 
uh, you still have to secure the consensual part before you can get into any of the role play or, you know, uh, engagement or whatever uh, that involves the alleged lack of consent. So with the consent part, yeah, we start with the basics, okay? I feel like people often struggle with the degree to which consent needs to be explicitly expressed, you know? And because it is known that consent is not always explicitly vocally expressed, sometimes people will read consent where it's not there. Um, generally speaking, the less you know someone and the less you know sex, I guess, uh, the more cautious you should be with like everything here, you know? Like I know for a fact that when I was, when, like, when I was back in high school, you, you make jokes about consent checklists, okay? Absolutely. When I was 15 years old, um, are you okay with this? Are you okay with that? You might feel nerdy. That's okay. The head will still feel good anyway. You know, it may feel a bit dorky, but it's all right. It's okay to be a little careful. You know, you don't really know what you're doing. Uh, you're going to have a great time anyway. Really not going to take away from it. I don't think. Um, you want to be more explicit the more perceived ambiguity there is. Like, this is obvious. We know this, right? For example, if there's a girl who you kind of like and you know you've been talking for a bit, you can't go up and slap her ass. You shouldn't do that. That's bad. However, if you have a girlfriend who you have been deep dicking for four years and you live with her and it is 10 a.m. and you're both in the kitchen and she's making breakfast, you might be able to slap her ass. Check with her, but, you know, a lot more leeway in that situation. Obviously, the familiarity there... Uh, constructs a mutual expectation of casually flirtatious behavior, though only if they've indicated they're okay with that. Presumably that would have been indicated sometime very early in the relationship. So, since the familiarity with the other person is like a really important part of knowing where the boundaries are, it's reasonable to assume then that people most struggle with issues of consent with people they haven't had sex with before. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Sometimes people will go ahead and rape people they've already been having consensual sex with, and uh, to people who do that, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. But let's start with a new partner, right? Okay? However you end up wooing this individual, and I'm not here to talk to you about how to flirt or whatever, okay? You have to understand that when, especially if this is the first time you've had sex with them, uh, so much of how you proceed and how good things feel, like moving forward, is going to be determined with how effortlessly you can read their feelings and respond in kind. Like basically everything between people, it's communication. And when it comes to issues with consent, we're working with a lot of social baggage. Uh, for example, and I'm talking here about men and women, but that's kind of a generality. This applies to varying extents to literally everyone alive. Uh, archetypes form, though. Oftentimes, women are kind of uh, raised with the expectation that they be pure and chaste. You know, like the idea that women casually sleeping around is a bad thing, informs their behavior, and they might be a little bit more resistant to flirtation because they don't want to be easy, blah de blah um, And on the other side of things, uh, guys have both a social expectation to be sexually successful in the sense that they, uh, you know, 
fuck a lot of people or whatever. It doesn't affect all men, but it tends to influence their behavior quite a lot. And they're told that they have to work through the sexual gatekeeping that women put up. Uh, you know, they have to like trick or beguile women to have sex with them. This is a really, 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 really common standard. Like, it's 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 it's, it's essentially like universal almost, at least in every culture I'm aware of. This is all over the place. And a lot of people think it's just some red pill shit, but it's not. The idea that men have to work for the sex and women are the ones who have to be impressed to give, to give it out, that is a really common idea. I mean, this is present even with like progressive people who have done a lot of work to undo or challenge some social standards. They might often, I mean, if they were being introspective, reflect on their behavior and recognize that Oh, you know, even introspectively, I am replicating some of these social standards. I'm recreating them with my own justifications. So, for example, uh, you know, a more conservative woman might play hard to get because she feels as though her being easy is morally wrong and she doesn't want to be a whore. But a progressive, you know, hip and happening feminist lady might play hard to get because she feels like having sex with men too easily sets bad expectations for them and makes it seem as though she's reaffirming the idea that women are only worthwhile for the sex they have with men. The outcome of this um, is not exactly the same, but you run into these tendencies, these trends uh, that influence people's behavior, and it definitely gets in the way of the communication element, okay? The biggest problem here, and this is probably what happened at least to an extent with Andrew Callahan, uh, even though he was a predatory monster, it seems, based on the allegations that he has confirmed through Ethan Klein, um, the idea is like, how do you have sex with a woman? Well, for some reason, uh, Andrew Callahan felt the best way to do this would be to like drink women under the table, to assault them, to uh, coerce them, to threaten them. Uh, to to c contrive stories about how he has nowhere else to sleep that night. Very strange, because Andrew Callahan is a popular, charismatic guy, should not have had any trouble having sex, you know, normally. Like, the, the normal, traditional, ethical avenue for having sex seems like it's very much on the table for Andrew Callahan. What led him, I imagine, at least maybe early on, to behave in the way he did, is he probably had an antagonistic uh, expectation for his relationship with women. Essentially, he has to compete with their wiles to get sex from them. And I imagine it kind of skewed out from there. That's just a guess, obviously, but that does happen with a lot of young men. That attitude uh, exists in, uh, you know, many shapes and forms and severities. And it is influential to the point where elements of that in interaction, that expectation, are present almost universally in the media that we consume. The idea that the guy has to work to woo the affections of the woman, that is so goddamn common. Uh, it's common to the point where it's actually considered subversive cinema for the opposite to happen, for a guy to be kind of like dopey and unaware, or at the very least unimpressed by a woman, and the woman has to work to impress him, that's actually considered like subversion. Like, if that, you know, what was they, they did that in, the, in Frozen, I think? I mean, that's like, a, that's like an actual, um, it's considered like a defiance of expectation. So common is the, the alternate attitude. So you try to work through all that. Well, how do you actually talk with these people, right? 
Isn't that why so many anime does this? Well, anime tends to do this because they like setting up isekai scenarios where people can, you know, project themselves into a generic isekai protag who's getting flirted up with 18 lolicon elves or something. That's That brain damage is... So Listen, uh, sorry. While talking about consent, if you watch isekai anime, just don't talk to women. Okay, there we go. Sorry. Um, oh, I nearly forgot that one. Whew. All right. Whew. All right. Okay. Now that the women are safe... Now that we've, you know, now that we've gotten through that. Um, with all these expectations in mind, how do you actually grow through it, okay? If you are flirting it up with somebody, and, you know, maybe you're going further, you go to the bedroom, blah, blah, okay? I feel like so often with reactionary media or conservative media, there's this idea that... Um, any explicit expression of interest or of boundary pushing is like cringe or uninteresting. I don't really know how this came about. It seems really like, like, I, I don't, if you ask a girl, hey, do you want to fuck? Is that like a soy consent checklist, beta male feminist thing to say? I was under the impression that was a fairly straightforward. <laughs> I thought that was fine. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're basically just fragmenting one of fuck into maybe a few constituent parts here in terms of like what you want to communicate with others and what you want to get out of the interaction. Um, God, I feel like it's so, it's so difficult to handle this bit by bit, part because I don't want to come across like a fucking junior camp counselor. And also because I don't actually know what stuff people struggle with. So maybe if, if you're in chat and you have some specific thing, I think if you're the kind of person who has to ask about this sort of stuff, I actually feel like that, or not who has to ask, but if you're interested in asking, I feel like that's a good sign because so often I feel like guys who just casually fucking rape or sexually assault people without even knowing it, and that does happen a lot, I feel like oftentimes those people have absolutely no understanding at all of how consent works and they don't care because it's not even a thing they think about. Like, I feel like putting any thought into the subject at all is probably a, um, is probably a, like a, a, a good sign, like broadly speaking. Um, a lot, a lot of people just don't seem to know where the lines are when, when it, when it comes to like the actual, like man, with, with the Callahan stuff, so many times people were like, well, Technically, the girl did say yes. I'm not even going to do the contract law analogy here. I, I just want to ask of you like a very, very basic, um, I, I, I like a little bit of analysis. We're going to do a bit of analytical work here, okay? So imagine for a second, all right, that you're the plucky young protagonist of a, uh, of a you know, a, a Christmas time holiday special movie, all right? You're walking around in your big poofy clothing and your big, you know, hat with the little ball at the top of the string. You know what I'm talking about. And you're having a great time, okay? Uh, but then the, the school bullies arrive, okay? And one of these school bullies, all right, his face looks like a fucking bowling ball with Sharpie features scribbled on it, okay? He goes, hey there, little fucker. Why don't you give me your lunch money? And he's got his two friends with him, okay? And you're like, no, I don't want to give you my lunch money, and the two friends sort of surround you, and he's like, yeah, you do, and then, like, they both lean in on you, and you, like, go, mm, and you begrudgingly, like, 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 get the, get the, like, like, your lunch money out of your pocket and hand it over, 
I want to be clear really, really quickly, okay? I hope everyone understands this, and, you know, maybe we have some, like, retards who don't get it, so I'm just going to affirm this. That was stealing. <laughs> that was that. Just because you technically said, mm, and, gr and grabbed the change and handed it over, it was still stealing. <laughs> that was still theft. That was not actual consent. Wouldn't that be robbery? Okay, robbery. Whatever. I don't... Like, uh, well, you said... <laughs> You you handed it over. Yeah, look. People don't understand. There are so many confused expectations when it comes to sex. This often happens with women, but I think it's really kind of a consideration across the board. The threat of physical violence is something that is on the minds of women in the company of men all the time. And the reason for this is because no matter what your fucking bullshit feminist bread tube whatever might tell you, men are a lot stronger than women. Like, a lot stronger. Uh, obviously, there are some very weak men and some very strong women, but the average difference in strength is colossal. Uh, it's basically insurmountable without a lot of training. Uh, or an exceptionally physically unfit guy. It's, it's, a th it's a whole thing, you know? Yeah, on average. We're talking averages here. And unfortunately, this does mean that in the minds of a lot of women, uh, if you are casually hooking up with a guy, like at his apartment, I don't want to be too glib about this. The woman is usually aware of the fact that if the guy wanted to, he could just grab her and rape her. Uh, you know, I, I, it sounds very, like, weird to say, but that's also what's running through their heads. They are, they are aware of that. It's in their minds. So I'm just saying that. Uh, if a woman ever shows up at your apartment, they're demonstrating a level of trust in you that I have never placed in any human, ever. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very common, and frankly, like, you know, not to, not to enable or suggest one might feel paranoid all the time, uh, it is a, a valid concern to have. It's not a concern that I've ever needed to have, because I'm a large guy. And when I do have sex with guys, they are smaller than me, uh, in every sense, uh, because they're twinks, and I'm not. Um, maybe they have the same thoughts that women typically do, I don't really know, I haven't asked them directly. Uh, I've never felt uncomfortable going over to somebody else's apartment. I have hooked up with guys about my size, and I do think it's worth noting that it was only when I was hooking up with guys approximately my size, uh, that I did not have this sense of imagined invulnerability while hanging out with them. Uh, I, was, I was never worried. Not for a moment was I ever concerned for my well-being, but I never thought like, wow, I could literally just walk out if I, like, I totally, like, I, like I'm completely safe in all regards. The reason for that being, of course, that they were about my size. Um, uh, and, and in the case of at least one of them, far more physically fit than me. The point that I'm trying to get at here is that if a woman fears physical violence against her, she might be willing to consent to sex that she doesn't actually want to have. You've probably all seen the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like uh, the Dennis, yeah, I bring them out in a boat because of the implication thing. Uh, the joke there, you know, the implication, the joke there, and again, this is so straightforward and obvious that they made a punchline in a TV show out of it, is that... Uh, love that show? Yeah, a lot of people seem to. The implication. The implication is that they're fucked without him. You know, this often happens as well when the chick doesn't have a ride home. Like, if the guy's been driving them around and then they go back to the guy's apartment, now not only is the guy far stronger than the girl, but also 
the only way she can go back home is either by having him drive her there or by calling for an Uber, which adds an additional layer of price, uh, ambiguity, time, so on and so forth. She can't just walk down and leave. She has to wait at the very least. And these factors can combine in a person's head to make them feel as though there's a very reasonable possibility that they might be threatened that night, especially if you're very pushy with sex. So if you have them at your apartment and you say, oh, do you want to fuck? And they're like, no, I've got work tomorrow morning. I should go home soon, da-da, you know. And you're like, oh man, really? I feel like we could have a good time. The moment you press one no, alarm bells are ringing right up here in her head. Um, but if you press the no over and over and over again, it, you know, never forcing her. Mind you, you're not stepping in front of the doorway. You're not um, physically grabbing her. You know, maybe like at one point you put an arm on, on her, or like a hand on her shoulder and lean in. You're like, you sure we'd have a really good time? Keep in mind, technically, all you're doing here is, you know, asking if she's interested in sex, which is on the face of it, not wrong to do. But in her mind, it's very possible that something else is happening. What she might be thinking, and, and this has happened many times, if you know enough women, you know at least one woman um, who has a story similar to this. In her mind, she might be thinking, wow, this guy's not going to let me go. Uh, you know, I, I'll have sex with him, or he'll rape me. So I might as well just have sex with him. And then she assents, consents, and then you have sex. Now, this is one of those uh, situations where we really highlight the importance of giving people an out, you know? Uh, the implied, implicit threat of physical violence, uh, along with other things like, you know, the uh, potential threat you might only be able to drive her home or like waiting for an Uber, that kind of stuff, uh, might contribute to her in the impression that she really only has one choice, that there's no way out of the apartment without, you know, going through you, I guess, uh, literally, or whatever. Um, that is rape. Now, people, when, when this gets talked about, usually people start pulling out their, like, rape abacuses, and they're like, um, ah, well, but is it as much of a rape as when you meet somebody in an alleyway and put a gun in their head and rape them? We're not doing the rape abacus, okay? We're talking about did they consent. And that right there is not consent. It's duress. Uh, it's coercion. Uh, that is that is the 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 bullies uh, asking for your lunch money. You understand? Uh, we're we're not arguing whether it's like, well, is it worse theft if the bullies have a gun and they say, "Give me your lunch," but no, 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 we're not doing that. We're just talking about whether it's robbery or whether it's rape. Um, there are a million things you can do to not put a person in that position. And again, keep in mind that I'm saying woman here, but this can happen to anyone. The implied threat of physical violence is not an exclusively man-on-woman thing. Uh, you know, there's lesbian and gay relationships, for one, and for two, women are actually capable of hurting men, uh, if you can believe it. It's, it's actually possible. Um, you know, if you can imagine. It's a predominant one, you know, it's a trend. Uh, in my opinion, you know, I think if a person says they don't want to have sex, that's sort of the end of it, really. Uh, if, if I'm hanging out with somebody that I... And this has happened, by the way. If I'm hanging out with somebody that I really... I, I want to fuck them. They're... Oh, they're hot. 
Ooh, in fact, they are so hot it hurts. My balls are burning. They're like two little little fire orbs in my pants. That's what that's what that feels like, you know. That's what's going on in my head, you know. But they don't want to have sex. For me personally, and this is just me, you know, uh, I, I think this is like a very standard approach that's, you know, like maybe we should all adopt it. If they in the future change their mind and want to have sex, they'll tell you. Right? I mean, that seems straightforward. Like, think of it as is the case with literally any other social thing. Hey, do you want to do X? Oh, no. You're going to bring that up again in five minutes? If they change their mind, they'll let you know. Oh, hey, do you want to snack? No. Okay, well, I'm not going to ask them if they want to snack twice in five They tell me, you know. I mean, there are people out there who are terrified to double text. Um, but they'll pester somebody for sex. I don't get it. Where's your shame? Where's your shame? Unfortunately, fuck, I don't know where to begin with this, or where to middle with this. It's... The, the, real, the real harm here is in ambiguity and in misread intentions. You know, um, the general rule that I try to have is like, this shit seems so simple. How do people struggle with this? Well, that's the difficulty with what I'm talking about. But the problem is the real trouble that people have is in the edge cases. This is the struggle that everyone has. Okay. On one hand, good people don't want to rape. On the other hand, a lot of you are fucking lonely and you're thinking, okay, well, I don't want to rape, but I also don't want to be so terrified of misreading signals that I never open myself up to anyone and therefore never have sex and die alone. That's what a lot of you are thinking. And unfortunately, the actual like number of instances where misreading the intentions of another but playing cautiously can actually hurt you socially are fairly minimal. For the most part, playing it a little bit cautiously is fine. I think that you can usually get away with a lot of leeway when it comes to being sexual as long as you have a good attitude and know how to read the room. So, like, for example, if you're, like, casually making out with somebody and you kind of want to grab their ass, like, most people would understand the smart way to do that would not be to take your hand off their back, put it down, and then fucking grab their ass like you're taking a giant fucking scoop of vanilla, you know? Like... Like you, like, you know those ass grabs that are so deep that you're fucking, the length of your index finger is basically the entire length of the pussy? Like, you, you're, ba like you, you're basically on her clit. Like, you're, like, ah, mm, loving this makeout. <laughs> fucking, like, lifting half her body. You know, um, yeah, digging the nails in the claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, this is what we all want to do. We all want to do this to a nice big butt. Um, obviously. Um... <laughs> Uh, but you guys all understand the sm if you want to do that, which you do, the smart, the smart way to go about doing that, you don't take your hand off her back, scoop, you slide your hand a little bit down her back and see how she reacts, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Because you don't want to like stop the making out to ask, hey, do you mind if I put my hand in your ass? Because I feel like you could do a good job of indicating that interest in a way that most people would consider to be acceptable and respectful uh, non-verbally. Non-verbal uh, indications of consent are something that you kind of get a read for person to person, you know? 
like they are really variable. It's not exactly a full template. You know, I mean, it's it's really variable. But the the key to that though is that you um you know you 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 have to be able to read the reaction. You know, the implicit interest um on their side of things. And indicating consent, is, like, responsibly, is as important as reading it responsibly as well. Like, uh, I know that some people, like, if, you're, if your hand is near their ass, but they want you to put your hand on their ass, they'll shake their ass a little bit. Um, which seems like an invitation to me. Uh, you know, or if they're not interested, you know, they can grab your hand and put it up a little bit. That kind of thing, you know? Uh, but, but it's such a person-by-person thing. I really do think so much of it is just about creating an attitude of um, of good communication, you know? Creating an attitude where both of you are comfortable enough that any decision you make is one you're clearly making out of personal desire. Does that make sense? Like, almost everything is going to work out as long as everyone's on their A-game. And you ensure people are on their A-game by not making them feel like they're being coerced at all. Uh, that means if there's any ambiguity, no drinks, no drugs, um, I don't think you're a rapist if you fuck a girl who's slightly tipsy. I mean, like, again, I don't want to be misinterpreted here. When I say slightly tipsy, I mean slightly tipsy. Uh, a person, if, 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 uh, if you haven't had sex with somebody before and they are in any way impaired by drugs or alcohol, you probably shouldn't have sex with them. Probably shouldn't do that. I don't necessarily think it's rape if, like, you meet a cute girl and you both stumble back from the bar and have sex. Like, life can be messy. There's a lot of unnecessarily, like, charged discourse about the relationship between drugs, alcohol, and sex. A lot of people drink when they're flirting with people and then end up having sex while drunk. Um, I don't think it's innately predatory. Sometimes both people are drunk. Sometimes one person is more drunk than the other, but they're both drunk enough that it feels like it's a fairly approximate degree of, ye boy, we're drunk. It's also worth noting that just because both people are drunk does not mean that somebody isn't being taken advantage of. A good metric is, would they still want to do this if they were sober? Because for me personally, who wants to feel like a regret in the morning? Let's say for, like, let's, let's just assume that nobody here calls rape on whatever happens, but you both wake up and then she's like, uh, in the morning. Like, do you want that? Come on. Like, a person who you're having sex with, you know, um, you would, you would never want them to, uh, to only make that decision because they're drunk. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty, who wants to be somebody else's regret, right? Um, you know, if, if a person's drunk to the point where it's influencing their behavior in any meaningful way, I don't, I don't think you, you shouldn't even risk it, right? Like, especially since, by the way, guys, you know, uh, if a person is drunk, I'm going to say moderately drunk, not plastered, not tipsy, moderately drunk. Okay. Did you know that if you're hanging out with them and having a good time, you can just keep hanging out with them until they sober up a bit? Do you know that's, that's in the ballpark? And if they're so drunk that they can't sober up and instead just pass out because they're drunk and tired, probably wouldn't have been good sex anyway, morally or uh, mechanically, you know? Like, people, there was things like, well, uh, well, she's drunk and she's hot and she wants to hit it. Dog, if she wants to hit it right now, He'll probably want to hit it in like an hour 30 when she's sobered up a bit, right? Seems like, right? The, wait it out a little bit, you know? You're hanging out at her place. This is how I've, I've, I've seen that, you know. Um, 
It's not worth the legal risk? No, 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 no. Don't even think of it as it's not worth the legal risk. We're not crossing lines here, okay? We're not judges or juries. It's just common good sense, you know? You want to have sex with somebody who who's who's there for it. They want to be they want to be, you know, you you want to have sex with somebody who's engaged and interested. You want to have an ethical uh, you know, uh uh confidence in what you're in what you're doing here, you know? I've had it before that I was hanging out with a with a cute girl who was uh okay, this was before I became alcohol intolerant. Right now, I am a lightweight. I get drunk really quick. Used to be when I was in college, I was not not even a little. Um and there was a time that I was with a, a cute girl. Um and we both drank an equal amount in volume, which in terms of how inebriated we were, she was well beyond me. And I hung out with her for a while and we went back to her place. And I was tipsy, and she was drunk, and she was sloppy over me, you know, like falling onto me, kissing me, hand on my dick, you know, like, haha, struggling my dick, the, the whole nine yards, whatever you guys uh, think is really hot, she was doing that to me, it was great, thank you. Um, but, wise boy that I am, you know, I'm thinking, damn, this, this chick's gonna stumble over. Um, what if she did that and my dick broke? That would be bad. Let's rethink this. And, uh, we, we took a shower. You know how nice showers are? With somebody you're gonna hook up with? Do you have any idea? I don't, some of you people are stinky, okay? I don't get it. You know how fun it is to shower with someone? I'll say this, okay? This is my, I'm putting the ethical stamp down, okay? Are you guys ready for it? I, I might get canceled for this, okay? If you're having a great time with a chick, she's all over you, um, and she's drunk, you know, don't have sex with her. It's it's okay. Uh, you know, uh, wait it out. Wait till she's sober. It's fine. However, you can still shower with her and rub her butt. You can still do that if she if she wants to, of course. That's okay. I think that's that's a fair line, right? Like, hey, you're too drunk to fuck. Let's go freshen up. I'm put the soap on your boob, like that. You know, fucking lather up the soap. Soapy titty is the softest thing in the world, right there. Of course, if she's so drunk that she can't stand comfortably, you shouldn't even do that. No, I don't even think so. If, if she can't stand well, then she shouldn't even shower. You guys are fucking insane. I can't believe you almost let me say that. Showers are slippery as well. Yeah, she could die. Oh my god. Just put Netflix on. Just put Netflix on and cuddle. It's fine. Just put Netflix on. Yeah. You guys are fucking insane. Jesus Christ. Just put Netflix on. Just put it on. It's fine. Just cuddle up to her. Yep, it's all good. She sobers up. She still wants the dick. You're good. If she doesn't, though, then you shouldn't have fucking... Shouldn't have fucking tried to fuck her anyway, huh? Too late, you're officially canceled. Put her on the couch and have her watch Netflix while you shower in her shower and get squeaky clean. There we go. Can I ask a specific consent question, like seriously? Yes. Oh, and don't put on Netflix, put on V.GG. I might be doing a stream on consent. Putting your, putting your date, your drunk date, on the couch so she can drunkenly watch what you put on the TV, and it's me rambling about what you should do if your date is drunk. Uh, and then you come out of the shower squeaky clean. Perfect. Oh, oh, oh my god. And she'll still be horny when you get out, because she's been looking at me the whole time. Uh, anyway. More importantly, um, 
all of this works if you create it's sort of an atmosphere yeah it's cucking by proxy which you know you're welcome uh all if, if you create an atmosphere where everyone feels comfortable um expressing how they feel without any sort of like coercion toward the alternative it's not just the threat of physical violence or drugs uh and alcohol that pose a potential threat here you know I feel like oftentimes people get into dicey consent situations because they really don't want to let the other person down. This is really common for especially young women as well. And by young, I mean like, God, it really depends. But I know a lot of high school girls who are put in situations like this where like if a like a, like during prom or whatever or like after prom or whatever, like a guy and a girl will, you know, dance it up or hang out or whatever. And at the end of it, obviously, obviously after a prom, the guy wants to have sex, of course, you know. Not 100% of the time, but I live in reality. And here in reality, that is what tends to happen. Uh, and, and, but, and if the girl might not want to, but she might think, you know, okay, well, I'm kind of expected to, and I don't want to be a bitch, and blah, 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 you know. Versions of this happen a lot, unfortunately. I think it's more common the younger you are, but the social expectation that you perform for the benefit of your partner to the point where you're doing stuff you don't want to do, that's not that uncommon. Happens to guys a lot too, by the way, because guys, in a social sense, are expected to be sex fiends. Um, there's a social expectation that guys be always ready for sex, always interested in sex. This is one of the reasons why, uh, there will be guys in their thirties with, with selfies of them, like in a car with sunglasses on, uh, who will go nice anytime a female teacher is convicted of raping 17, 12 year old boys. Uh, because the idea that men are like always down for sex, uh, gets used against them quite a lot, unfortunately. It gets used against men and women, but it it it, it blows around. It's a, it's bad. It's not good. It's not good. Um, obviously, you know, sometimes this social pressure to perform can take the form of somebody like pestering you directly. Uh, you know, in which case, if you are pestering someone directly for sex, stop that. Cut it out. Um, and sometimes it can be like an entirely internal process. For me, I think like. As a general rule of thumb, I'm 28, I haven't been in high school for a while, and the people I had sex with in high school were um, engaged and enthusiastic partners. I never really had a situation where I was with someone who... Wait, did I? No, there was. The, one, of, one of the partners that I had in college, I think, was a virgin before I had sex with her, and she had some weird feelings when it came to... Um, when it came to like the expectation that she um uh you know that that she sexually performed but in her case i was always like really deliberately slow which i think is the right thing to do under those circumstances right like you want to make it clear to people that it's not that big of a deal it's kind of like the same as when you're talking to somebody and you're rambling about 40k you want to make it clear to them that it's okay if they back out of the convo because you know like you don't want them to be there if they don't want to be there uh, and in the same way, to the same extent, you know, even if you're really interested in just absolutely deep dicking somebody, uh, you want them to know that things are fine uh, if that's, you know, even if that doesn't happen. Uh, you can, like, ask reassuringly or, or be direct or something. So much of this, though, comes down to their trust of you, right? Because sometimes you'll talk to people and you'll be like, uh, hey, you sure you want to do this? And they'll go, yeah, lying. They're lying, you know, because maybe they're, 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 overly socially concerned or anxious or they're too afraid of their reputation or whatever else. Um, 
which is not good. You know, obviously everyone being honest and straightforward is the best way to proceed with any, any business like this. Um, I don't think it makes somebody a rapist if they have sex with somebody who later regrets it because in their own head, in a fashion which was not at all communicated, they actually didn't want to do it. But in reality, I don't know how often stuff like that actually leads to rape accusations. My guess would be very infrequently. I mean, how often do people regret social engagements with or having sex with other people? Probably decently often. Like, regret is a thing that happens normally. Um, but I don't think that is rape necessarily if it's entirely an internal or, like, retroactive process. And I don't think they tend to call it that either. You know? Like, really often. People said this with, uh, with Andrew Callahan, where they were like, um, oh, the girl who got pressured over and over until she eventually said yes, she's only saying this is rape now because she changed her mind. And that's a lie. Because the way that story was told, and the story now confirmed by Andrew himself, was that she coerced him, or he coerced her, sorry, into saying yes in that point, which means that it was evidently not consensual at the time, which is not at all the same thing as her expressing consent at the time, but then later changing her mind, or uh, her expressing consent at the time, but internally and imperceptibly actually not wanting that. Sorry, Vulture Video wanted to ask a question. Vosh, I had a friend who got upset with me after the fact because I had my hand on their ass when I was carrying them. I apologized and said that didn't even cross my mind. I purposely bent my wrist away to not grope their ass, but he still didn't want to talk to me anymore. It bothers me to this day. I don't, I don't have anything to say. If you were just grabbing somebody and your hand was on their ass, I don't, I, I don't know what else you could have. Yeah, if that was just an accident, there's nothing you did wrong there. Yeah. Wait, so sex is real? Yes, unfortunately. Tragically. Nobody cares what you think platform all these women you claim to know from so faking gay. Hold on. I think this person has been um, asking for a uh, stock command for a little while. You are a sex pest. Can you please let women speak for themselves? Get a woman to talk about this. We don't need you, sex pest, to explain consent. Boo-hoo, men have it so bad. Like, shut the fuck up and platform a woman. We don't want to hear all this from you. Nobody cares what you think. You got his balls in your throat, bae. Stop it. Interesting. Well, it takes all kinds. Um... I had guy friends in high school who called me the F-slur for not sleeping with this girl who was drunk as fuck. She was all over me and even had, an even had expressed some interest in me while sober previously, but I just couldn't do it. It was really mean, and if you're in high school dealing with that, pay it no mind. Guys like that are not worth being your friends. Yeah, I don't... Um, I, I, I swear to God, man, if somebody's drunk and they're all over you, um, you can just wait for them to sober up, and you can be like, hey, you were all over my dick while you were drunk. Want to continue that? And if they say no then what do you think they would have been like after waking up the next morning having fucked you? Like, are we, are we, are we playing capture the flag here? Are we like, are we like stealing their flag belt? And, and then, you know, she wakes up and she's like, damn it, I'm full of cum. And you're like, neener, neener, neener. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? You know, the fuck is the, like, can you, can you imagine if you enjoyed like, like bowling or something? And then like, like, like somebody who doesn't normally like you, and, and you're like, yeah, they're drunk. Let's go bowling together. And they bowl. And then later you wake up and they're like, wait, what? Bull wait, I don't like you. What? I was just plastered last night. You're like, hey, hey, we still bowled. Fucking ran. What? I don't get. What are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's fine. Listen, 
if you wanna if you wanna have sex with girls who are drunk so badly, okay, that's the kind of thing that you can negotiate with somebody that you really trust or somebody that you're in a relationship with. If you're like dating somebody and they're like, hey, listen, I get mega horny when I'm drunk. I get mega horny when I'm drunk. Um, you know, I I want to get just thoroughly rearranged internally while drunk. Uh, you know, get some drinks at a bar, then go back home, whatever. Like, th there are situations, yeah, you all know, there are situations here that can be responsibly negotiated. Um, but you shouldn't do that with somebody for the first time. You have no idea how that stuff plays out. Yeah, I just... <sighs> my girlfriend about six months funks a lot, but apparently she would never come to my place when she wasn't in the mood because her previous BFs did not respect... Oh, that sucks. She wants to fuck a lot, but she would never come to my place when she wasn't in the mood because her previous boyfriends did not respect that or got angry with her when she wasn't, so she thought I'd be the same. She instantly cried when she tested me by saying no, and I was like, oh, okay, because she's had so much history of the opposite happening. That fucking sucks. I'm sorry for your girlfriend. Um, yeah, that stuff like that is pretty common, guys. You know, like, unfortunately, it yeah, it really is. Um... You really don't have to know that many women for you to hear stories like this. Again, not to say this stuff doesn't happen to guys. It does. It happens. It tends to take different forms, though. I've said this before, but um, I feel like oftentimes what happens to guys is they'll be raped or sexually assaulted by women who have literally no idea that it's possible to do that to a guy. Like, I've said this before, where like male strippers will get sexually assaulted constantly by female patrons. And the women who do that, I don't think they think that's a thing. Like, I don't think they think, they just think like, oh, it's a guy. Like, let me grab the dick or whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and like, there are plenty of guys at parties who asses will get slapped. And if that happens, that's just like, whatever. But if a girl's ass gets slapped, then it's considered more of a big deal or people will get mad at it. Um, there's definitely a double standard there that comes from the idea that men are always okay with sex. So sexual acts towards men aren't, capable of being like sort of um uh uh violating you know obviously this is pretty dumb also i got uh, coerced into sex once with my first girlfriend and it wasn't until a decade later i realized it wasn't consensual just because i said yes after she wore me down yeah this shit happens oh yeah uh, uh the riley reed shit uh, riley reed was on that she's a porn star she talked about how she like basically wore down and coerced somebody into sex a while ago and that and that's rape you know, but she was like proud of it. She was bragging because she considered it to be a sign of her desirability. I remember that going viral a while back. Um, yeah, I don't want to give the impression stuff like this only ever happens to women. The social standards in some senses are skewed more against women and more against men. In terms of the perceived threat of physical violence, uh, that obviously skews more against women than it does men. Uh, you know, but that's not the only form in which stuff like this takes place. I've been in the situation where a girl was moving on me while too drunk, and I told her no, and in the heat of the moment, it felt wrong even insulting her to do that. With hindsight, it is true that a lot of guys seem to think it's weird to turn down a woman's sexual interests. Kings, you should try it. It'll make you feel... Listen, just imagine the Giga Chad meme, you know? The Giga Chad meme has, uh, has empowered men as they uh, take an opportunity to turn down women for sex, you know? Uh, no. No I, no, I do not want to beat that pussy like an egg. Uh, actually, I'm focusing on my relationship with Jesus Christ at the moment. Um, of course, because men are expected to always be sexually interested, 
women will often take it as a fucking personal attack if they've been turned down, which to be fair, a lot of men do as well. But I'm just saying this stuff is reciprocal, right? Like um, the guys like freaking out, getting angry if they're turned down. Sometimes women, if they're turned down, will feel like they're fucking horrible because the only reason a guy would turn them down is if she's ugly or whatever. It's There's just fucked up standards all around, man. Being good at communication is the way to circumvent literally all of this. Um, you know, being mutually communicative, but it, it takes some time. My friend who hangs out with me usually asks me if I can hug her because her exes didn't really make her feel safe. That sucks. This is all easy in a logical sense, but if I'm impatient to not die alone, as you said, it's really an overriding emotion. What's a good way to mitigate ignorance? Comcat, you have to understand that this is not a mutually exclusive thing. Um, the risk of, so like, you being cautious about others' interest in you will not impede you, your social abilities. The idea that it does is one of the problems that I'm trying to like lay to bed here. Um, the, all of the skills that make you better at recognizing people's consent are also skills that make you better at bagging them to begin with. People who are good enough at reading others' emotions that they can understand and communicate and express interest and blah, blah, are also good at getting those people into bed to begin with. People who are bad at reading others, who are bad at understanding what they want, are also, understandably, bad at wooing them into bed uh, or forming relationships or having a good time with them. So in reality, uh, you know, being a fuckboy and not raping people aren't not only are they uh, not mutually exclusive, they're the same goddamn circle. The Venn diagram is a circle, okay? That's the goddamn line right there. You, you hear all these stories about people like Andrew Callahan. How is Andrew Callahan having sex? He has to, like, fucking assault people, wear them down, freak out at them. This guy, apparently, he was crying after a girl turned him down. He, they, they, they kicked him out of a car. Um, he has to, like, lie to say he has nowhere else to sleep. This is not... This is, this is not Giga Chad pussy master behavior, okay? This is not the behavior of somebody with the confidence and social ability to, you know, actually get laid a bunch. If assuaging your lonely feelings is the goal for some of you here, uh, understand that being good about this kind of stuff will make you better at overcoming your loneliness as well. These are, these are unified goals. You're working together. You're, 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 you're allies in this fight. Um, or you hear like, like, like fucking Weinstein stuff or whatever, where it's like, oh yeah, well, how do they have sex? Well, they have to be super ultra wealthy and connected and like force went into it. It's, 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 it's totally bullshit. Totally bullshit. My best friend went out clubbing when she said she doesn't want to dance with this one guy. He broke a cocktail glass on her face, 12 stitches across her face. There's a reason we're careful it happens. Yeah, that's not one of the approved, uh, Vosh, uh, top riz dating maneuvers right there. That's not good. Really sorry to hear that. Yeesh. No riz. <sighs> the point that I'm trying to get at through all of this is that there's not actually any specific set of ideas or actions that need to take place. It's more about the general attitude you need to have with these engagements. 
I feel like so often people get this shit so up in their head, like it, it, it's so complicated. In reality, it's 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 quite simple. But like anything that's simple, you can break it down into sort of like a infinite fractal of like specific situations or what about this caveat or what about this edge case? Um, and people get really hung up on those. I feel like in the overwhelming majority, and I'm talking like 99.9% .9 of circumstances, uh, there should be literally no ambiguity at any point to, to whether or not a person wants to fuck you whatsoever, even without clarification. Like that shit should be pretty goddamn straightforward, right? Usually they indicate it with their behavior. Um, and if there's ever any ambiguity, uh, you know, it's it's incredibly easy to get them to reaffirm their interest and to not pressure them into it. I feel I feel I feel a little embarrassed now. You know, this feels like such a such a silly topic. You know, in the sense of like, oh well, don't rape people. But it's 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 important. A lot of people don't even think about this stuff. You know, it's really dumb. They 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 have no idea. It reminds me of that conversation I had with that one like uh, men's pickup artist guy where I was like, a lot of guys rape without knowing it. And he's like, what? I thought all rapists were just like inherently evil people. What? People can rape because of their ideology? What? Like, it, you know, that guy's got an audience, man. We gotta be, we gotta be careful about this stuff. Yeah. Well, it's always stuff that I think is important to talk to in the future. I, I also think that there's kind of a synchronicity here because... You know, I talk about men's loneliness and being unhappy or whatever, but I do sincerely believe that the factors that cause men to be lonely and socially alienated are also the factors that cause them to be really fucking bad at knowing whether or not somebody else wants to have sex with them. Um, you know, so there, there is a synchronicity here. Social competence is social competence. Uh, and I think that the, the number of guys who are socially competent, capable of having sex with women consensually, fully on board, fully in the brain, but then choose to rape anyway, I think that's very much the minority uh, in, of, of people who rape. I think for the most part, uh, it's people who are callously uh, inconsiderate towards women, maliciously like hateful or whatever, or, 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 or have like uh, some, some incredibly fucked up standards for when it comes to behavior. I don't, I don't think there's like this, like, mindful, willful rejection of what would otherwise have been a healthy set of standards. It can happen. I'm sure there are people like that, like sort of psychopathic, uh, you know, like I could have consensual sex, but I'll rape anyway, people. But I think for the most part, it's, it's a, a lot of it are just people who don't even think about consent at all. Um, they don't even like consider it. They don't even like, they don't even like think about it. My friend convinced me hitting uh, on women at their place of work, like cashiers and such, is not a good idea because they must act like they're happy or lose their job, at least in customer service. Yeah, that's generally true. Um, with with some exceptions. Uh, if, you're, if you're hitting on a service worker, they're literally paid to be nice to you. And also the kind... Waitresses know that the kinds of guys who will hit on them while they do their job are also the kinds of guys who might freak out if she doesn't reciprocate the kindness. Uh, also, they're working for tips pretty often. You know, they're they're not they're not in an even position there. The only exception I can think of is if you're like a regular to an establishment and you have the ability to talk with them more beyond the veil of their job. So, for instance, back when I was uh, I worked at a frozen yogurt place, uh, there were two girls. 
who would come by near closing uh, a couple of times a week. And because it was near closing, it was almost empty, so I could talk with them from across the counter. And, um, and uh, it, it was, after a couple of weeks, we just sort of would talk casually as like friends when they would come by. Uh, which is why one of them was successful in bagging me. Um, but if I had only ever known them, like seeing them once a month, like at 6 p.m. or something. Where I was just like, thank you. Have a fro wonderful day. And then she was like, God damn, that dick looking fat. It wouldn't have worked. I do think consent can be complicated and confusing in some situations, like when both people are drunk. Look, I could say if you're both drunk, don't have sex. The problem is if you're both drunk, or at least if you're drunk, you're probably not going to remember me saying that. If you're both drunk, you shouldn't have sex. If for no reason other than because it's not even going to feel that good. First of like, let's be real. First of all, mutually drunk sex is not that great. So assuming that you don't get whiskey dick, you know, I don't, some people do. If you do and you can't get hard, then that's it. You know, whatever, you're out in terms of like penetrative inter heterosexual sex, whatever. So like leaving that out, okay? You're also fucking drunk. Dude, sex is exercise, okay? You are not throwing those hip backs with your, uh, your hip back, the, those hips back with the A game uh, if, if you're drunk. Like, come on, get out of here with that. But you sort of sloppily slide it in and just sort of, whoa, whoa, whoa. come on. Come on, get that shit out of here. Just show her a good time once you're both sober. If you're lightly tipsy, it doesn't impede you that much, though even then you should be careful with, you know, terms of people's interests and what have you. But, like, come on. If you're both drunk, just pass out or something. Dude, take a bath. Fuck yeah. If they've got a big bath, okay, the shower idea may not be so good because you can slip and fall, okay? The bath idea, all right? You're both drunk, giggling, naked, dick, titties out, s slide in the bath, put the bubbles up. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, that sounds so good. You can drown, though? Come on, you guys! Just don't drown. I'm telling you not to drown. Just remember that when you're drunk. Just like my guy, my Vashite, in the, in the bath, uh, with his head down two inches of water because he's trying to motorboat the chick as he passes out and slowly starts drowning. And then his dreams, hey, don't drown, dipshit, fucking bolts back up. What if the girl you like is literally always high, what do? I don't trust them, bitches. Anybody who has to be constantly high, I don't trust that. Don't trust that shit. How do you deal with consent if your bases are out of order? You mean like you did raw anal before kissing or something? I don't think that necessarily influences the consent stuff. You can jump right into it if you want. Um, you just got to be explicit about that, right? Like, yes? Yeah, well, like, depending, depending on, like, you know... Depending on the circumstances, you can be explicit with all that stuff, right? What if the girl you want is imaginary? Then I guess consent's not an issue. <laughs> Uh, guy who, uh, guy who remains in neat because he respects consent and would only ever, um, would only ever rape, uh, an imaginary woman. Which is his kink, I guess. Keep at it, king. Or something. 
Literally looked it up. People recommend not to take a bath while drunk. You can actually drown, but I get your sentiment. Okay. Um, if you and her are both drunk, uh, then... Um, I really like baths when you're drunk, man. Um... Go to sleep. Yeah, but what if you're not what if you're not tired? Sit in the shower. Can they sit in the shower, or is their blood too thin for the heat? They might like pass out or something. Sauna. Yeah, if they're rich, I guess. But even then, you can drown. Watch Netflix. Okay, but like, I was just reminded of the should I ask a woman if it's okay to think about her when I jerk off discourse. Oh, I remember that, guys. You can jerk off to the thought of people you know in real life without asking them. It's fine. If any of you disagree, touch grass. Touch all the grass. Touch all the grass in the world. Go outside and smash your face into the, the beautiful green carpet of grass and plant the palms of your hands there and skid with your back feet so your face leaves a fucking dirt trail forward, okay? Um, just fuck, just inhale that grass. Yeah, it's worse to ask than to not, by far. Wait, Vosh, I should def you should I thought you should definitely ask them first. Do not ask them first. Do not ask the cute redhead who you work with with the fucking double H titties that spill out of the dress shirt that she wears. If you have her permission to stroke your cock to her, okay? Don't. It's all right. You can just do it. It's fine. It's okay. You can just do it. It's just your thoughts. It's not going to hurt her. Um <laughs> <sighs> okay. I'm arguing with a chatter is hitting on a cute girl across the coffee shop fine or not. Um, what you're really asking about is how to approach a stranger in public. Uh, general rules are this. If somebody has their earbuds in, probably don't. They're listening to stuff. They have to take their earbuds out to listen to you? Probably not. Um... And okay, but I'm going to tell you the real answer, okay? The real answer is it's the same as everything else. You gauge their interest, okay? So uh, if they have earbuds in or something, um, but you think they're really fucking hot and you're, you're fucking dying, you go, oh my God, oh my God, you see her and she's got the fucking hair dye and you're, oh, okay. You want to you wanna be cautious and not waste anyone's time here, okay? Um, First of all, if like earbuds in, like focusing on something, studying some bullshit like that, uh, f f you probably just don't bother these people, okay? Um, I, I think there's room for a bit of leeway on this when it comes to like approaching people, but you have to know whether or not they're interested in being approached. Having earbuds in is like a 99% indicator that they're not, but if even if you if you go forward and do it anyway, don't like... Don't do some bullshit that you see in the movies where you're like, hey, um, is this seat taken? And then you sit across from her and you're like, hmm, uh, so what you working on there? Kill yourself. Don't, don't do that. Oh my God, don't watch the movies on this, okay? Do not do that shit, okay? Um, what you working on? No, please don't. If you ever approach a woman in like a coffee shop with some shit like that, instantly 
in her mind, she's thinking like, oh, it, it's the cleavage. It's the shirt that I wore. He saw the cleavage. Here we go. How do I get this guy away from me? Okay. Um, if a person is interested in engaging with others socially, they're usually in areas where that kind of stuff is like easier to do. My big no-no is like, don't approach people at the gym. The only time you should ever approach somebody at the gym is uh, if they're about to kill themselves with a bad lift and you're about to save them from dying or like very casual small talk. If they have no earbuds in, they're between sets and they're currently taking a break. Not even between sets, uh, uh, between exercises. So not even like they just finished the 12 curls, okay? Like they're like sitting at the benches with the towel and drinking and waiting for a bit. And you can be like, um, and by the way, I have never approached somebody at the gym because I'm not fucking insane, all right? The girls who you find at a gym all have 26-inch waistlines, all right? I know, I know goddamn well they're here for the fucking muscle giga chads and they will not be impressed by my 40K lore, all right? That is just, it's not my, it's not my fucking demographic. Um, however, if you were to do that, I'm not even feeding you lines on this because I don't fucking know, okay? Also, you don't go to the gym. That's because I'm rich and I have a home gym. Oh, yeah, sorry. I do pick up girls at the gym. I bring them to the gym and fuck them in my gym. I can do that. Can you do that? I can't actually do that. There is no place in my gym where I could do that comfortably. Uh, my benches are cheap and not comfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I would hurt my back doing that. Okay. Uh, anyway... <laughs> It's, it's not, top V, top V, me like throwing my back out as I'm trying to, top V. <laughs> okay, um, I'm not feeding you lines. Uh, 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 okay, if you're at the gym or whatever and someone's taking a break or rest, you'll say, hey, you know, um, what's up? <laughs> Try that. Don't, just don't fucking bother people at the gym. Coffee shop, don't fucking bother people. If you, no, uh, sometimes with the coffee shop, man, the real problem is like, I'm thinking of a busy Starbucks right now, but I've been to nicer coffee shops where you have like, um, corner desks with a bunch of chairs and sometimes like multiple student groups will sit at the same table. And it's like, sometimes you can talk to people there. I've talked to girls at coffee shops and what felt like normal convos, but you really have to, I feel like you need a shared interest. There needs to be something open. Yeah, exactly. Re hammered recipe. You need you need like a good open or like a shared interest. Okay, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. This is the metric. Okay. They should seem to be interested, at least conceptually, in talking to people. Maybe not immediately, but like they shouldn't look like they're immediately distracted. And if you're going to talk with them about something, you should open by pointing out or identifying some similarity or matter of interest that you would be satisfied talking to a conclusion in like four sentences and then being done. So if you, if you want to say like, Oh, that's a nice thing you've got there. You know, I went to that band show like a couple of things ago. She'd be like, oh, really? And you're like, yeah, anyway, it was just really nice. It's cool to see it here. And you can be done with that, you know? you uh, Maybe I can phrase it better. You're trying to give them the opportunity to show that they're interested. You're throwing out the, the rope and you want to see if they grab it. So if you're going to open with a topic, it can be something that you can quickly pull the rope back in if they're not interested. 
If you see you could you should be able to go like, oh, you know, or like, oh, that's really cool, you know? It's or 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 like, okay, let's say you're at like a nice coffee shop and some you there's a cute girl there and she's on her laptop and you see roll 20 up. It's like a D&D, she's doing like D&D character sheets. You should be able to like look uh like, you know, see that go like, "Oh, dude, holy shit, are you in a roll 20? You're doing some D&D stuff?" She can be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a DM just doing this thing. It's like, oh, just really cool to see that out in the open, you know? It used to be it was, like, super uncommon. Anyway, and that can be that. Because if she's interested, she'll go like, yeah, I'm doing this campaign soon. This is my character, da-da-da, or whatever. Or, ah, this event that I'm looking forward to. You're, you're throwing the rope out a little bit. Keep in mind that approaching people in public is, like, very low success rate in a lot of ways. You know, you're really just testing your social abilities here. But I think one of the greatest testaments to a person's social ability is the ability to see a person who looks cute or nice or whatever, talk to them for like 15 seconds, and then with no awkwardness whatsoever, you can be like, oh, well, all right, take care. And that's that. I actually think this is one of the highest levels of communication because any, any person can ramble on for minutes at a time to someone they like. You know, you can be some like crazy drunk dude in the street. You can do that to anyone. Anyone can do that. The key is to learn to do this with no awkwardness, no uh, friction, just a, a, a clean um, acknowledgement of mutual interest, and then, and then just, and just like that, you, you know, you're done. And if they indicate interest with the response to the initial thing you say, then I think maybe you can work with that. But you have to see real enthusiasm there. You know? I think that's good. Can you approach a stranger and just open with, hey, you're cute, can I have your number? No. I don't want to waste their time or anything, so why not just get to the point? Um, you are wasting their time. You're wasting their time with the three seconds it took you to say that. And they're never getting it back, and you should feel bad. Um, you j just don't do that. Uh, also, by the way, why, if you're good at talking to them, why would you be wasting their time? If, if, if you Instead, construct your conversations so that it's not a waste of their time. Have a conversation with them so that even if you don't get their number, they had a pleasant time with it and will think later, oh, that was a nice dude. But I'm a waste of time? Okay, just don't talk to women at all, okay? You need to work on your self-esteem issues. One time I gave a girl a head nod and she gave me a head nod back and I ended up giving her a number. Head nods work, homie. Yeah, dude, the up-close deep head nods, but that's not acknowledgement. That's you two, that's you two looking in. Easier said than done, though? Yeah, obviously. It takes time and practice. He doesn't know about the mating nod. <laughs> uh, how about writing your number on receipts? I had that work out recently. If you're writing your number on receipts, then you're not really, like, hurting them when you do that, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything harmful about that. I mean, I, that's cute, right? That's like an old-fashioned way of indicating interest. You need to talk about how to let people down easy without hurting their feelings. <laughs> you think the people in my chat need to learn to let other people down? <laughs> what, what do you think these people are doing? What do you think? This, ah, yeah, dude, let me just, ah, let, me, let me give you management strategies for handling all the dates you get since time management. Ugh. Ah, uh, you get pussy at six, but you've got an appointment at eight. How do you do it now? Okay, I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, sometimes people's feelings are just going to get hurt when you let them down, and you have to be okay with that. 
you have to you have to be able to you know at, at the end of the day being direct is the best uh approach to this sort of thing you got to be able to just just fucking say it you know unfortunately there's no easy way Vosh, what about body language signs? Like if you were to look at a girl and she looks back or she looks away immediately or if she touches the hair while talking to you. I think that body language sign reading bullshit is mostly completely fake except for one thing, okay? And it's how close is her body to yours. That's it. For me, that's the only one I care about. All the like, ooh, hair, eye, look, whatever. If she scooches next to you, puts her, her hand on your hand or on your leg or whatever, that's the shit I care about, Uh, you know? Maybe there is something to, like, the specific way in which she looks or does something, but in my experience, oftentimes, people are just a fucking awkward mess, no matter what, you know? So, I don't try to read too much into it. Um, but, like, if you're, if you're, like, sitting on, like, a bench next to somebody, and you're, like, talking to them, and, like, they scoot closer, that's a pretty strong sign of interest right there, you know? The fuck me eyes? Okay, dude, okay, if you're talking to a chick, and she, like, fucking wide-eyed looks at you and like bites her lower lip or something like yeah obviously if she's being like stupid fucking obvious with you then you can okay yeah i'm talking like general behavior here okay not not like not like um incredibly obvious stuff like that what's the difference between being creepy and being riz is it attractiveness okay gonna be real with you guys yes the hotter you are the more likely people are to positively interpret your flirting however you're entirely possible, or you're entirely capable of being creepy uh, while being handsome and rizzed up when you're not, okay? Uh, it is a biased system, but not a totally uh, non-connected. There, there, there is indeed some correlative action taking place here, okay? It's not nonsense. Can you give your opinion on meeting people through dating apps? It's fine. Go for it. I've done it. What does it mean if she starts miming a BJ in front of me, though? Guys, I lost track of the girl I was talking to about D&D for two minutes, and I just realized she's under the table sucking my dick. What does it mean? Um, dating apps are fine. Everyone uses them. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people do. What do you do if you give her your number and she responds, this is a bucket of bummer? Leave. Leave immediately. Flee. What about meeting people at conventions? Oh, meeting people at conventions is great. People go to conventions to meet like-minded people. Uh, guys, there is like mad pussy at conventions, for real. And dick. Whatever you're into. Um, you know, uh, depending... I mean, if you're at a furry con, you really fucking think furries aren't going to a furry con to meet other furries. Anime expo, whatever else. Um... I don't know how much luck you're going to get at a place like Comic-Con because it's so packed that you don't even have the motion to subterritually jerk each other off in the fucking San Diego tram on the way over. But um, apart from that, man, people get mad horny at those cons. Um, people are out there. People are out there getting fucked. Can you flirt at academic conferences? Yeah, dude. Students get horny and drunk. Vosh, I appreciate this advice, and I'm sure most of your audience benefit from it. However, I reached the conclusion a long time ago that relationships just won't happen for some people. Have any advice on how to deal with this? You can still live a fulfilling life without being in a relationship, but in my experience, most of the people who arrive at that conclusion are people who are just, like, depressive or doomer, uh, or they've, like, given up on trying. It is possible, right? There are people who are so catastrophically ugly. Not you guys, okay? You retards with your low self-esteem here catastrophically ugly and take a look at your 
off center by 0.6 millimeters nose and think it's over. It's over. No, no, no. I mean, like people who have fucking full body burn scars. So their whole face is melted together or some shit. And even that guy got married. Look, whatever else. Um, there are there are people who are that ugly, I guess, or have like crippling disabilities that make it impossible for them to socialize regularly. And I don't just mean wheelchair. I mean, like you can never leave your hospital. OK, whatever. With the exception of those very unfortunate people, um, I think basically everyone can find somebody for them. It's a lot. It's, you know, it takes time. It takes effort. It's a personality thing. Uh, you can always work on stuff. What about people who feel there are too mentally broken to be responsibly in a relationship due to trauma? Get therapy? <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want? If you, listen, if you're too mentally broken to be in a relationship because of trauma, uh, you probably have issues that are affecting you in your non-relationship day-to-day life. Just get therapy. Uh, you know, uh, I know it's easier said than done, but still, it's worth it. Good, Clematry. How do you let people know on dating apps you're there for casual sex without being weird about it? Do you mean on Tinder? Everyone's there for casual sex. The only people there for friendship are degenerates and fuckers. Most of the women who say that they're on Tinder for friendship are there to get their insides rearranged, okay? They are there to have the fucking vaginal equivalent of an Ikea movers team. Six guys walk in there and reassemble furniture in their pussy. What they're saying, the reason they're saying I'm only here for friends is because they're trying to weed out the stupidest fuckboys. Basically, they want you to say, hey, how's your day going? And then she'll say, good. And then you'll say, damn, so how that pussy at? or something and she'll be like it's big or something <laughs> they they just they want you to treat them like a normal person before you indicate your interest in the ikea six person construction team thing uh <laughs> it's a big pussy there are people who are there for relationships as well and you could ignore them they're freaks no that's not true um just talk with them it's fine talk with people vosh i once got asked out by a girl from my philosophy club over the phone i declined because she wasn't really into philosophy for some reason and a Christian conservative. I felt so bad I continued to talk at her for a two-hour awkward rant criticizing objective morality. By the time I was done, it was one in the morning and she was falling asleep. I successfully turned her off. Damn, that's actually so autistic that it cycles back into being gigachad behavior. Holy shit. This, like, Christian conservative was like, Hey, hey, hey Dr Dr Canarius senpai, can you impregnate me with your fucking fat dick? And you're like, L not with a fucking divine command theorist, you stupid whore. Now listen to me ch fucking criticize Kant for two hours. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> God, that's, that's good. Absolutely. Can a guy be passive and bashful and still get pussy? Yeah, especially if you're a gay bottom. No, uh, yeah, you can be passive and bashful, but you still need to be direct. Um, passivity is not an excuse for not being direct. I don't... I do not uh, tolerate passive bullshit from anyone, even the fucking bottoms that I'm with, okay? You know how there are those girls or bottoms or whatever, subhumans, um, who, you, who like, they can be so horny that they're about to die, but they won't admit it? Fuck those people. But don't. Don't fuck them, is my point. D fu it's fuck those people. Fuck those people. I hate them, okay? The, the, we're taught, we're, like, these are... Like, literally, because I don't know, for some of them, it's like the bratty behavior bullshit, and some of it's like they're just that shy. But, like, I have literally, this one fucking person, like, they were, I could literally see inside of their asshole at this specific point in time to which I'm referring. In the inside, I could have shouted and heard an echo. Um, probably not that. They were very tight. Uh, but, um, uh, uh, as, um, 
I was like, hey, I, so, and I was like, because, because this person was so insanely bashful that I, I didn't even, like, it was, it was, it was impossible to get anything out of them except for any sexual favor. So, like, so, you know, me playfully, like, yes, you want your ass fucked, huh? You know, like, right? Like, right? Can I get, like, anything? Like, any, anything? Sp speak into the microphone that I'm recording for this. Okay, can I get one single, like, direct verbal indication, please? Uh, <laughs> they're like, fucking, I don't know if you wanna. The fuck do you mean, I don't know what do you wanna? You are bent over right now. What the fuck do you mean? You stupid bitch. <laughs> Put your pants on. If only. I'm not that cool. We had sex. It's my greatest shame. You ever lost your chance with someone because you talked about politics? No, or at least not to my knowledge. If a chick at a bar pulled up on you and they said they wanted to fuck them in the bathroom, would you? Like, bear? Dude, what if they aren't on birth control? Um, like, leaving aside the STI shit, I guess if I had condoms? Also, bathrooms are stinky. I'm not a stinky boy. I'm a clean boy. I don't like the bathroom bar fucking. I would rather fuck in an alleyway than a bathroom. I feel, I feel like, I feel like if I, okay, first of all, alleyways aren't slippery. Bathrooms are. Uh, if you slip in a dirty bathroom, your hand lands in a piss puddle. If you're fucking in an alley, first of all, you don't slip because you're on an alley, like asphalt or whatever. And second of all, you can steady yourself by placing a hand reassuringly on the brick wall you're fucking them against, uh, which, which is like proletarian sympathy, right? When you place your hand on the cold linoleum tile of the bar bathroom, all you're sympathizing with is the cold mechanism of consumerist consumption. But when you plant your hand against the hundred-year-old brick wall uh, while you're fucking her, you, 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 you're placing your hand... You're, it's like through time and space, your hand is pressing against the like Irishman who 100 years ago laid that brick wall as you fuck the girl. You feel the, the proletarian strength emanate from the wall. Car versus alleyway. Car sex is cute. Car car sex is cute just because it's a different kind of athleticism, right? Like I'm a fucking big guy. I even like. I remember one time I had a long distance girlfriend who I could drive to because she was in San Diego, and I would like drive the the SUV down and like pull the back seats down and like bring a blanket and shit and make like a little bed in the back. And even with all that, like I still couldn't lay out fully, but it's still kind of like cute because you're all crammed together. Alleyways, I mean, it's also the fucking public indecency thing, so. No, your car will smell like pussy the next day. Can we get back to the consent talk? I have to scroll way back up to find something less horny. I thought about the advice you gave me earlier, and I think you misunderstood. I don't feel comfortable with having sex, but I'm anxious about dying alone. How do I make the second feeling go away? Calm cat, everyone dies alone. When you die, you're there, that's it, and then you die. Everyone dies alone. It doesn't matter how much time you spend with other people. In life, in death, you're alone. That's the point. You die. Get it out of your head. If you want to spend time with other people, you only have your life during which to do it. And if you want to do that, you should do that. The, the whole, the dying alone euphemism is a bit tetchy. That I don't like it. You know, a lot of people have been in, like, comfortable marriages their entire life, and then they die, like, in a chair at 85 while, they're, while their, like, loved one is away, or they die first before the other one, or, like, what if you're the second one to die in a long-term marriage? Like, do you then die alone? Everyone dies alone. 
uh, you want to just spend the time you have having fun and hanging out with people. Get it out of your head, but how? The thought of your own mortality? That's a therapy thing. If it's the very concept of mortality that's got you down, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a therapy thing. That's a whole, that's a whole deal. Happens to everyone. And everyone struggles with it a little bit. How do I even start a sexual encounter with somebody I've been on like two dates with? Well, you could invite them to your place or vice versa. Uh, also, if you've been on two dates, have you kissed them? Have you, I mean, that, I, I can't really answer that. I mean, have you kissed them? In, in my experience, so this is, I'm an adult. In my experience, if I'm hanging out with somebody and we can like make out, they want to make out, I could probably like go with them to a room and have sex with them too. Uh, it's not like high school, right? Where it's like kissing and then like fucking groping over the clothes and then one hand job in the ball. It's like, it's like you, you know, we're, you know, that's, you have to confirm that of course. But like, I feel like if you, you can, you can sort of get the gist of how they feel if you just, you know, try to make out with them. I mean, if there's an ADHD girl like me. I know who after we met up in person last semester, she was friends with a girl in my high school. I was a needy, nice guy who we met briefly together. After that, I told ADHD girl briefly about her, but not much. Asked to keep it between us. She agreed, but she makes plans. Should we make plans? She never texted me again. So I'll probably never see her again. It feels complicated. Really sad. Mr. Glenn, what was the point of that? You made me read all that? Yeah, sometimes people just get distant and fade away. I've done that to lots of people. It sucks. Uh, that's why you, you, gotta make, you gotta make new friends. That does suck, though. I'm sorry. YMS in uh, YouTube chat. Oh, hey, YMS. We were talking about furry conventions earlier. And uh, what a great place they are to meet cool new people who share your interests. If you're a furry, of course. I feel like we're kind of winding down on the discussion anyway. It's mostly just going to be chat shit posting from now on. Nice. Alright, I think we can confidently say that we accomplished and learned absolutely nothing. Nice job, everyone.